Hello and welcome to another episode of Two Guys in a Chainsaw. I'm Todd. And I'm Craig. Here we are catching up, I think, on our tribute episodes. Last week uh, we did Warlock, oh, which was our tribute to um, Julian Sands. Also last month, oh, back in June actually, um, Treat Williams veteran star of stage screen and movies and tv uh, died in a motorcycle accident at the age of 71 and this movie was one that's been on my list for a while here on the podcast we like to do horror comedies we like to do horror kids movies not just the dirty gory scary stuff this movie you know every now and then a movie comes along that you just that just entirely went by you and escaped you and you're like you watch it and you're like, what, how, where has this movie been my whole life? Like, th- this movie came out in 1988. It's called Dead Heat. And it, it will go down as the first ever buddy cop action zombie horror comedy that we've done on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and it stars Treat Williams in the prime of his youth and Joe Piscopo. <laughs> I don't know, Craig. I, I had never seen this before. I, I was vaguely aware of it more in adulthood than anything else. And it's always been like a little checklist thing, like, oh, you know what, I'm going to come back to that. Looks like it could be entertaining, but why did I not grow up with this movie was my big question. And so I thought, oh, this must have been like some obscure little thing, you know, kind of low-budget thing that completely belly-flopped in the box office. I don't know. I'm gonna. I'm not going to say any more about it until I hear your opinion. <laughs> you liked it. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, I liked it. Of course I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was grinning from ear to ear with this movie, uh, and uh, and yeah. Anyway, so so this is our tribute to Treat Williams. Craig, uh, had you seen this movie before? No, but you're right. I don't know why. There's no good reason why. I, There's no good reason. I rem- I vividly remember seeing it on the video store shelves, and it's a really it's a funny picture of the two guys. Uh, <laughs> Treat Williams and Joe Piscopo, like, kind of looking back over their shoulders at you. And I think that I didn't pick it up because Joe Piscopo looks so stupid. And I I thought, God, this movie must be so stupid if this is the guy that they're putting on the cover. <laughs> Let's come back to Treat Williams in a second. I just want to talk about Joe Piscopo. What happened to that guy? I don't Where even, like, who... <sighs> <laughs> why do I? Why does Joe Piscopo live in my head? Why do I know who this man I know. is? Well, I don't know if you. Uh, we. I think one of my cousins or somebody taped one of his TV specials, like the Joe Piscopo TV special, off, and it was in regular rotation for us. We thought it was hilarious. That was back in '87 or '86 or whatever. But he was on Saturday Night Live right. in 1980, and I think that year. They got rid of everyone on the cast except for him and Eddie Murphy. Well, they got rid of they 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 were they were totally doing a whole new cast, uh-huh. and and he and Eddie Murphy were a part of the new cast. And the following season, they were the only two that they kept that survived. Right. right, they were the only two who could cut it. That's right. And so, I mean, he was on Saturday Night Live for quite a while. He had these comedy specials, at least two, like one of those HBO comedy specials back when we didn't have HBO, and it was a treat to be able to see an HBO comedy special. It ended up on VHS. And I just remember, like, Joe Piscopo, Joe Piscopo, kind of says rap intro, and this guy comes out, he's this comedian, he's kind of got a bodybuilder physique and whatnot. And then, like, he just kind of disappeared. I I know that he had um, thyroid cancer. For a while, uh, But that was before this movie, yeah, and he disappeared. Was it? I don't know. Yeah, he he took a break. Yeah, I don't know either. I feel like I had it in my mind that he did infomercials, but I don't think that that's a real thing. I think that's something that I just created in my head. I'm not Um, sure. I don't know. I I, I think he did commercials. (laughs) I think he did beer commercials in the 80s or 90s. I don't know. When it comes down to it, like, he's this goofy-looking, like, New Jersey bodybuilder, Jerry Curl-looking kind of guy. (laughs) Exactly. But... He's endearing. He's like he he's he's a, he's a fun guy. <laughs> I mean, I mean, he cut his teeth at Saturday Night Live and proved himself there. I mean, he's funny, you know. Uh, <laughs> this movie is different story, but I, I'm sorry. I'm I'm actually going to be kind of gushing about this movie, even though I knew you would like it. Dumb... I knew you would like well, it. Of course. This okay. Is right up... I uh, look. Here's the thing. But like you didn't. 
Uh, not really. Like looking back oh, on it now, like thinking about it, getting ready to talk about it, I'm like, it's fine. Like it's cute. I get what it's going for. I uh, I didn't really enjoy it very much, and I was racking my brain because I was like, why? Why don't Why don't I like this? Yeah. This this is a straight dude movie. That's I, I think that's <laughs> what it is. Like I think straight dudes would be really into this movie. Cause it's totally like a, uh, like a hey, I'm, I'm a street guy kind of. <laughs> I, 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 I told, wow, way to paint me with a straight guy brush. <laughs> I, I, I told like this was a revelation to me, and I, I said that same thing out loud last night to Alan. He's like, "Is that how straight guys sound?" And I was like, "Well, to me." <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think the thing that I love about it so much is 80s action movies. They just have a certain feel. Yeah. And they had a certain sensibility and mentality about them. And that might be a little bit of what you're talking about, right? It's just like testosterone on display. As I was watching this, I realized, like, we don't make action movies like this anymore. Not really. Well, like Bad Boys. That's an old movie now, dude. But yeah, uh, I mean, aren't they still making them? Like, there's one in production right now. <laughs> there's really? like four of them. Yeah, I thought there were only two. Yeah, no, well, that like goes four. to show you how much. I care. <laughs> but like this movie, Joe Piscopo, I, I watched like a making of quit a short little making of doc that was up on YouTube, and you know they were did some behind the scenes stuff, and Joe Piscopo was being interviewed, and he said this is a cross between RoboCop. Lethal Weapon, and Night of the Living Dead. It's got all three elements in there. And I was like, yeah, RoboCop and Lethal Weapon, absolutely quintessential 80s action movies in every sense of the word. Totally. The writer of this movie is Terry Black, who is the brother of Shane Black. And Shane Black wrote Lethal Weapon. And Lethal Weapon came out just the year before this. So it's right there in that sweet spot. And what it's doing is it's taking that and it's, it's taking it to a crazy degree. And it's being over-the-top goofy with it. There are some scenes in here I can't wait to talk about because of how just silly they are. But the movie knows it's silly, you know? It's a comedy that's also trying to be over-the-top goofy. And in that, it succeeds. The jokes, they don't always land. The partnership between Joe Piscopo and Treat Williams, sadly, it, it, it has no heart, I think. You know, oh, I thought they were just, hilarious together. They were funny together, but there are no like emotional moments in this where it's like uh, <laughs> it's because they're straight. <laughs> There's no tension. Oh, it is it is a couple like, of straight guys. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what, Craig? Straight guys have feelings too. <laughs> they do. <laughs> what? Oh, my my worldview is shattered. <laughs> but I didn't cry at all during this movie. But uh, you know, Lethal Weapon. Come on, like like the Danny Glover and and Mel Gibson characters in that movie. There's you know, there's just I get like, it. Yeah, and I like those. This movies. movie has none of it. And, oh, I don't think so. I don't think that's true oh, at all. I think they're funny. I think they're that, funny. I didn't say they're not funny. I I, I thought they like. The whole thing is so silly that you can't really say there's like a straight man, but but if there is, it's Street Williams. Street Williams is yes. like the straight man, and then like he's like the you know the very polished, good looking, well dressed hair that I would like shoot a person in the face. Holy for. crap! His hair <laughs> during that scene where. Especially that scene where, where he's, he's like turned into a zombie. His hair. Like there's a whole scene where he brushes his hair for like a half a minute. <laughs> it was fascinating. <laughs> oh my god! I, I would shoot somebody in the face to have hair like that. It's, it's it's amazing. To be honest with you, as a straight man, I've never seen any person in a movie before and been like. God, that hair is amazing. <laughs> Until this day, three hours ago, I could have watched him comb his hair for like another three minutes. I was so it was so jealous. In um, fact, I almost cried when it looked like it was starting to come out. I was like, oh. Oh, I know, but like it wasn't so even. Sad. Like I just kind of imagined <laughs> that every time that Treat Williams brushed his hair, that much came out. Just because there was so, <laughs> like, there's so much of it. <laughs> That's right. 
<laughs> he's got another five years of brushing his hair before it's all going to come out. Like this, he's like the straight-laced <laughs> one. And then Joe Piscopo is like, you know, like the Jersey Wise cop who's cracking. always like, he's cracking jokes and like hitting on the ladies. and It's like a parody. Oh, my God. I, I thought their chemistry was, was kind of funny. And it seemed to me like they were having a good time. Like, I can only imagine behind the scenes. It seemed like they were having a really fun time making this dumb movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, let's let's talk about Treat Williams real quick, since this is his uh, tribute album. Aside from having maybe the most magnificent hair I've ever seen, he is just, <laughs> like, he's really handsome. Yeah. And I think that there are some people, <laughs> like, l- let's just face it, being incredibly attractive is a huge advantage in life. Yeah. And uh, I think that he is somebody who was kind of interested in entertainment, but more so kind of fell into it because he was incredibly good looking and then it also turned out that he's very talented mm-hmm. and he, he did tons of movie like like you said uh stage television movies did tons of stuff yeah i don't i think he had a big tv show in the late 90s early aughts something like that, something like everwood or something some show that i never watched some like angsty teen drama or something that he was in but what i remember him from was the film version of the musical Hair. Yes. Have, have you seen it? Oh, gosh. So long ago. It's so long ago. fantastic. And he is absolutely fantastic in it. And a, a, apart from being just a really, really good-looking guy. And I say that, but it's not just that he's physically attractive, which he is, but he's just also endearing. He's got kind of a soft-spoken yeah. nature and and really mm-hmm. kind eyes. and like, he's, just, he's a very appealing person. And then uh, in that movie in in hair he acts and he sings and he has a beautiful voice he has the voice of an angel and so that's i am a huge fan of his i was not terribly surprised to hear that he'd passed because lots of the people that i grew up watching on screen are passing because i'm getting old and so are they so i wasn't terribly surprised but i was surprised to hear that it's not like he died it was a motorcycle accident like good for you bro like Get out there on your motorcycle in your 70s. And- <laughs> right. And it was another car that turned into his lane. He couldn't move fast. It's not like he was reckless or anything or fell asleep on his motorcycle. I mean, that's eh, just really shitty. It's I mean, there's tragic. No, good way to go. No, it's, it's tragic. It's tragic and I, I, I feel for his family. You know, he has uh, adult children. And, um, it, it's, it's terribly sad, but uh, a cool, cool guy and so handsome in this movie. <laughs> like, that's, I don't know. No, he's so handsome. Um, like, so handsome to the point where. Like he dies, <laughs> and then he's like a zombie, and, and he's they'll, still they'll, they'll start. Well, they'll start to decay him, and then they're like, "No, no, he's too handsome." <laughs> That's true. And then they he'll delay. just look normal for a while, and they're like, "Wait, wait, wait, he's a zombie. Put some makeup on him." And then there'll be a then there'll be a scene when he's like in like this gross makeup, and they're like, "No, wait, wait, he's too handsome. <laughs> Take it off. You're right. Take it off." They couldn't commit to the gradual decay. They delayed the decay <laughs> as long as possible. <laughs> it's hilarious. It's hilarious. The other oh. thing that's hilarious about this movie is the writing. This is one of the oh my God. funniest written movies that I've ever seen. Like, it opens up on, like, a cityscape of what? Are, are they in Los Angeles? I, I never could figure I, it out. I never figured it out. No, I, I want to say Los Angeles. But uh, you know. Cityscape. <laughs> and then immediately we cut to these robbers in a car. <laughs> and they put on these weird masks that yeah. are made for robbers like because they don't serve any other function except to like hide your eyes they probably crafted them themselves uh, got them from a kink shop or something like that i I can see another reason why you might want a mask like that that leaves the whole lower part of your face exposed but uh (laughs) (laughs) not you i just said one Don't kink shame me. Okay, no, it's all right. So these robbers. Now, they they just look like goons, which I thought was funny. But then I also Mm -hmm. thought, why are they filthy dirty? Like, their faces. I was like, (laughs) what is happening? Why have they not bathed in years? Like, what is happening? They are super 
super violent, super over the top. They they're go and they're lying. yelling at oh my each God. other. So they break into this this jewelry store and they're <laughs> pointing like they have machine guns, like Tommy guns. Everyone like, in here has an Uzi. Yeah. It's like we're in like Dick Tracy or something. Like they've got like these big old Tommy guns, like, ah, I'll get ya. Uh-huh. Um but they, they break into this jewelry store and they like dem- they tell a lady to put her purse on the counter and they're like, you know, demanding the jewels or something. But one of them looks at this old lady and points his machine gun at her and says, Purse on the counter, lady! Come on! You want to be dead? Here's a chance of a lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other one tells somebody else, Hug the rug! <laughs> oh my god, some of the funniest lines. And Joe Piscopo has some lines in here Most that... Most of them. I couldn't believe that anybody could deliver or receive with a straight face. Yeah. But I don't know if that was like the, like they were trying to be funny or it's just so bad it's funny. But either way, yeah. hilarious. I think for me, it's so bad it's funny. Most of his lines were total groaners. I would say about a third of them I saw coming from a fair, mile away. I'm like, fair. oh, he's going to make a crack about this. And in the one sense, like they had to do this because this is this is what they're doing, right? But it's not really a parody of this genre. It is a movie in this buddy cop action genre. And most of them are better written. I, I honestly, I think it has a lot to do with Piscopo's delivery. I don't Listen, know if it... what was up with him. Like, first of all, he seems just in general like he's on cocaine all the time. Like he is. He is so wired all the time. And then a lot... Did you notice that in a lot of scenes, he was just staring into the void? Like, what the (laughs) f*** was he looking (laughs) at? I think he embraced this smarmy, wisecracking, aloof character so much that it it just didn't even make sense in half of the scenes that he's in. Like, there's no other emotion. He's just always like, hey, chuckling, smiling. (laughs) His character is just... In his mind, going through a Rolodex of the next wisecrack he can make, you know, he's just waiting for it. It just seems like he's waiting for that point in the conversation so that he can make his joke. I almost wondered at some points if they were reading the script off of cue cards because <laughs> because Treat Williams looked like 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 look just left of camera like sometimes <laughs> it's and, true. and him not so much, but sometimes there was one conversation in particular where Treat Williams and one of the two women who, again, are identical to one another, him and that woman and Joe Piscopo are all in frame together, and Treat Williams and the woman are talking to each other, and and Joe Piscopo is just staring off into the yonder. Like, (laughs) what are you looking at? Like, I need the camera to move. There's clearly something really fascinating happening just left of camera (laughs) oh my god it was so weird yeah Uh, i I could just like spitball about the stupid shit all the time if you want to like okay so there's this heist or whatever and the cops not just the cops but the entire police Police force force. (laughs) and military and fbi are there, <laughs> are there within seconds? Are there within seconds? Surrounding into the place. place. They all have Uzis and endless ammo. It's oh so great. Oh my god! And then these two guys come out, and this happens. Then once it happens, now it happens for the rest of the movie. These enormously long gunfights, oh. where the bad guys are just standing there, barraged. With bullets, like they, like they just stand there and take hundreds and hundreds of bullets, and like it becomes a talking point. Like, hey, why, why aren't they dead? Like, I shot mm-hmm. them like a million times, but this happens over and over again. Like, it's, as it turns out, these guys are zombies. They're they're reanimated corpses, and that's mm-hmm. why bullets don't hurt them. And yet the main characters continue to shoot, to shoot them, them with guns for the rest of the movie. There is, like, I can't I can't even save it for, like, chronological purposes. There is a point at the end of the movie where oh. Treat Williams, who is a zombie, and another zombie stand 10 feet from each other, both of them with machine guns, shooting them directly into each other for a good yes. 30 seconds. 
<laughs> that was the best part of the movie. <laughs> I was oh laughing God. so hard at that part. And he shoots him into that chamber and locks the door, tosses a grenade in, and then... <laughs> Just After the two, comes out. Uh, no oh, shit, man. 10 feet from each other. Like, their guns were almost kissing. They were standing yeah. so close to each other. It was and so just great. standing there, blow, like, a barrage of machine gun fire right into one another. Like, Treat Williams could have started brushing his hair. Like, they weren't even... Yeah. <laughs> like, but that was the joke. I mean, I, that, I, that was... I get that it's the joke, but that, that makes the whole movie a joke. Yeah. Like, why do you keep shooting these people? I know. Bullets <laughs> Don't hurt them. Uh, <laughs> God. Because it's a buddy cop action movie, man. We got to have bullets. Like I said, they don't make movies like this anymore. In fact, I was just, I was thinking about it. I was, I was like, like I was saying earlier, we don't make action movies like this anymore because things are more acrobatic and stunty yeah, now. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. just like a, like a fist fight in a James, in an old Roger Moore James Bond movie. Or James, right. Guns you know, are kind of passe. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, it just, it feels more. More real and brutal because it's just a little rougher and more tumbly. I guess we just loved guns in the 80s. It was oh, all did. like Rambo and Predator, and uh, you know, it just became a parody of itself at some point. And this movie lays into it hard, and it's pretty brutal as a result. I mean, that opening gunfight is impressive. Like it goes on it for is. like five minutes, and cops are just getting slaughtered, shot in the face. Left <laughs> <and right. laughs> oh my god, I was shocked. I don't think '80s Todd would have been as shocked, but. The, the Todd of this era is like, oh, my God, I forgot movies used to be like this. That one female cop getting shot right in the face, like, that <laughs> that surprised me. And then Treat Williams, like, hops in a muscle car and just, like, does donuts <laughs> up and by. down the street with a shotgun. The stupidest thing he could possibly do, which was dumb. Just drive right in the middle of the gunfire all the way through. <laughs> Not a bullet hits his car. He blasts a shotgun out the door once and somehow ends up taking the one guy down. And then on his way back, like, the guy chucks a grenade or he chucks a grenade. I don't know where the grenade came from. The the guy just dropped it. Like, the bad guy, like, had a grenade. Oh, he got shot out of his hand. And he just, like, dropped it. And he looks down. He goes, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. And people are getting hit by cars and slammed into buildings. This was nuts. This opening scene was nuts. Great. (laughs) Like I said, nowadays it's like a ballet. Like everything's more slick and it's more slickly shot and the stunts are more slick and half of them aren't even real. And so, you know, it's it's just a little more like I said, it's like it's like martial arts or something. This is just brutal and in your face and it's crazy. Stuff is crashing and Yeah. You should watch it, listeners. Like yeah. it's streaming for free on Tubi. Just watch that first ten minutes, if nothing else. It's crazy. Oh, it's I hilarious. Love it, though. it it's so eighties. It it is so eighties. After they're done, they what do they get, do? They Even- have to go get yelled at by their boss. <laughs> By the black captain, right? First yes. they get yelled at at the boss, and then they get yelled at by the black captain who lists off all the bad things they did. Unauthorized use of a city vehicle. Reckless endangerment of property and lives. Use of a non-regulation firearm. That was me, not Bigelow, sir. Disrespectful conduct. Flippant and tasteless verbal remarks. That was me. And 18 parking tickets so far this month. Need I point out that you guys are already on probation twice? and that this morning's cowboy adventure puts both of you on the endangered species list, and that your badges go into the shitter if you screw up just one more time. (laughs) But, you know, I can't deny that you actually stopped the criminals, (laughs) so you got one more chance. (laughs) Go catch catch that cash and dash gang. And that's the other thing that this movie is, like, it jumps from one scene to the next and they will verbally transition you into it even yes. though it doesn't really make any sense like got to go catch that cash and dash gang okay well let's go to the morgue all right like okay yes. like it's just they just I keep love it. going places oh that's my god that gives the movie energy though like i was never bored i was never once like oh god all right looking at my watch wondering when the scene was going to end it just keeps moving ahead of you and it's so 80s i love it because then they go back to their office and they're chatting about what do you think's going on with the cash and dash gang i don't know there have been six robberies within a same nine block radius and when you shoot them they don't die (laughs) Mm -hmm. and then treat williams goes 
well, you know, there's some drugs that can do that, like PCP. And I was like, yes, another PCP reference. <laughs> we talked about this in that stupid movie with uh, with a Body by Jake, you remember, when he gets high yeah, on PCP? Yeah. And we're like, uh, where did PCP go? PCP was know. huge in the 80s, at least as a kid, I was meant to think so. I know. But, uh, yeah, watch could out be for that PCP. PCP. They're gonna <laughs> slip it to you anywhere they can. Oh <laughs> my god! Indestructible. Then you are crazy. Then we get introduced to the worst actor in the entire film. Sadly, Rebecca, the coroner, who has had a past with uh, Treat Williams, and they she go has to do no. The well, that's the thing. Like, uh, okay, so she had a past with him, which is blatantly Nebulous. obvious because yeah, but but it doesn't matter. Her entire no. character doesn't matter. So that's why. Like she's bland. She like she's just she plays it dead face. Like yes. I think that she's like I'm smart scientist, so I will show no emotion. And there's no chemistry between them as a result. In fact, in aside that scene, from the fact that he is so charming, like he could have chemistry with a coffee table because yeah. he is just so charming. That's what it feels like he's doing. I mean, he's yeah. having a conversation <laughs> with, with, with the coffee table. You know, from over her shoulder, it's perfect. Like, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, this guy, he's got emotion, he's got feeling. From over his shoulder, she's just like, I don't know. You know, a lot has gone on between us in the past few years, and... Oh, and yeah. it, and in the background, Joe Piscopo is just back there in like his baby <laughs> tee. Yeah, just like wide eyed, like, hey, what's up? I'm just hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. But she she tells him that the guys were dead. So we figure out that this is like a zombie thing. Yeah, they've right. had autopsies before. And then out of nowhere walks in Dr. McNabb, and the minute he walks in from nowhere, like, hey, guys, whoa, what's going on here? Well, these guys can't be dead. I'm like, he's the bad guy. Right, he's the bad guy, and also, who is he? Uh-huh. Like, he's referred to, like, okay, who is he? His, uh, the actor is Darren McGavin, who is the dad from A Christmas Story, like, mm-hmm. and, and will always only ever be that for me, but <laughs> right. in this movie, he's just around, and yeah. they, they call him Dr. Body. I have no idea who this man is or what he does. Yeah, I still don't. But he's clearly the bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> From the minute he walks in, he is playing that role. Oh, here's the guy we're just going to quickly introduce and then leave, and then later on, about halfway through the movie, he'll come in in some other nonsensical scene. He'll pop up for oh, no reason. he'll just drive by in a car and wave and be like, hey, guys, what's up? And they'll be like, hey, Dr. <laughs> Body. And he'll be like, okay, got to go by. Like, yep. seriously, that happens. Just to remind you he's there. Just to <laughs> he's there. And then... For some reason, they oh because they found traces of some stupid drug, I don't know, and I, like it's all connected, but yeah. who cares? They end up at this place called uh, Dante Pharmaceuticals. I am next to positive that this is an exact same set piece from Brain Dead. It is. It's yeah. It's the same building. Oh my god! As soon as I saw, it, I was like. <gasps> Uh-huh. We just saw this place in a I mean, different movie. We saw movie. it just a few weeks ago, yeah. <laughs> it's a very so distinct building. Weird. Apparently it was used in Biodome, too, with Polly. I read that, too, because as soon as I saw it, I'm researching. I'm, like, Googling, like, building from brain dead. Like, I couldn't find anything. <laughs> but I was just positive, because it's the, it, it, like, not all, the exterior and the interior. Like, when I saw the exterior, I'm like, that's where that guy got hit by a car, and he had the brain in a jar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and inside was where he was meeting with the crazy people. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's the same thing. Same one. Not important, but blew me away. Then they walk in, <laughs> and at the front desk, the day guard is so involved in looking at Penthouse Magazine Openly. that Joe Piscopo has to say, Sorry to interrupt your erection, pal, but we'd like to speak with the management of this facility. <laughs> That is something that really happens That's right. in this yes. movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> one of the many lovely Joe Piscopo one-liners in this one. Wow. There's a super cut of them on on YouTube if you want to check it out. Oh my god, that is hilarious. 
So then, then we get introduced to a, the woman. You know, it's the classic. Uh, they notice a woman is walking towards them, and the it looks just like the, the other one. Like, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's so hard, so difficult. But she gives them a tour. She's the PR person, Randy James. Also, what dates this movie? She's talking openly about how they experiment on animals because they do cosmetics and things like that. And like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is the asphyxiation room. On the sad circumstance where we have to put an animal down that we've been experimenting on, we just put it in this room and press a button, and it sucks all the air out of the room in seconds, and the animal dies. And, and they, die, like, they die peacefully and go, you what are you no, talking about peacefully who wants to die that way <laughs> slowly suffocate no yeah <laughs> my god and like not only is it like the suffocating room but it's just right there in the front hallway with a huge <laughs> window so it that you can just i guess watch the watch. animals die a slow watch painful the animal die and then right next to it, also in the front hallway, are these giant steel doors that say "Danger, dangerous chemicals, don't go inside. And she's like, yeah, we can't go in there. Yeah, we can't go in there. <laughs> uh, no, can't do that. Uh, let me see oh, you out. Oh, my God. And then Joe Piscor says, okay, uh, but first I have to go pee-pee. <laughs> Todd, he says that. <laughs> yeah. I got to pee so bad my teeth are floating. Can you tell me where the bathroom is? Just, just have to go pee-pee. <laughs> oh boy! But that's that's just a, a ruse. Uh, Doug, sne- his name is Doug. He sneaks into the dangerous chemicals room by jamming the metal clip from his ID tag into the card reader on it, which it shorted out the electrical, and it opens up, and there are no dangerous chemicals in here at all. I wrote this down as the Death Star room. It, it, yes. Uh, mm-hmm. That's yeah. exactly it what looks, it is. It looks like a room from the Death Star. It's got like all this crazy, it's, it's, it's completely out of place, circular, it's massive. Yeah industrial imagine if you were walking down the busy hallway you know just past the reception area when somebody was going into that room don't you think you'd be like is going on in there yeah and like there's like a like like kind of like a big like i don't know like death ray kind of contraption like in the middle of this circular room kind of over a table over a table with something large on it covered with like a rain tarp like i what is even <laughs> happening i don't even understand and so then he takes off the rain tarp and it is a giant mutant biker i have to say that some of the makeup effects and practical effects in this movie are really fun i really enjoyed this big fat biker design yeah. because his face is <laughs> like it's been stretched down the middle. I don't know what that was supposed to be. Like he got split and then put back together. It was almost like he had two faces. It was weird. I liked it, but he's enormous. He is like this 400 pound guy fighting Joe Piscopo. Oh God. (laughs) Here's the crazy thing though. So he starts shooting and that captures the attention of, um, of the guy and the girl at the, at the front desk. Like he's getting ready to go. Roger, by the way, I don't know if I mentioned his name is Roger Mortis. Har, har, har. Uh, Treat Williams character and Randy. And they're having like a little flirty thing and they're getting ready to go, but then they hear the gunshots. So they start to take off and that front desk guy leaps up with a gun and shoots at him. I know. Why did he do that? Why is he trying to kill them all of a sudden? I have no idea. It was weird. That's weird. how it was in the 80s, though. Everybody had a gun. Actually, everybody in this movie has a gun. He was mad because he interrupted his arrest. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, my, my, I'm getting my revenge. Or maybe, or maybe he was just on PCP. Who it, knows? It was for sure PCP. <laughs> I, I couldn't tell if he was a zombie because he gets shot a couple of times before he goes oh, down. Oh, yeah. He eventually goes down. He goes down too quick. He couldn't have been a zombie. Joe Piscopo is fighting this enormous guy, and somehow Treat Williams just gets knocked into the suffocating room and yep. knocked in there and locked in there and is in there for a solid minute and a half while yeah. we watch the oxygen level go down this was not what she had promised earlier no but the whole time and i guess i must have been more into this movie than i thought because the whole time i'm sitting there like help him help him right he's in the suffocating room (laughs) you see the control room for the suffocating room and some mysterious hand which we never see who it was presses the button to activate it Ah! meanwhile 
as soon as Joe Piscopo's character takes him down, takes down the biker guy, he goes and he just pounds on the window with his elbow a few times. Why won't I mean, the door open? Like, you would think that of all of the rooms, the suffocating room would have, like, a <laughs> like fail an emergency safe. Fail safe. Oh, for God's sakes. Why, no. I don't even know why... He, this this fire extinguisher that he was beating this biker guy with, why didn't he pick that up and at least try to smash the window in? I don't know. I forgot to say that when he was fighting the big guy, Treat Williams comes in and says, what is this thing? And Joe Piscopo goes, very ugly. Like, these, <laughs> these are the jokes. Oh, for God's sake. It's They're all groaners. Roger dies, but they Rebecca's like, "Don't worry," and she puts him on the she puts him on the resurrection table. Doug just shows her the Death Star room. Apparently, they're able to wander around in here, and I she just figures she just figures it all out. She she steps onto the computer control panel, types a couple of things. She claims that she knows nothing about it. She's just the PR girl. That's it. Uh-huh. But but as soon as no, this she... isn't the PR girl. This is Re- this is Rebecca, not oh, Randy. Right, right, right. Yeah, okay. so she. She literally knows nothing about it. She just types a few things, sees a printout of like three lines on the screen, and she just turns to Doug and goes, this is how they do it, Doug. This is how they resurrect the dead. He looks just as shocked as I was. I was like, how did she figure all that shit out? She's a doctor, Todd. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> She's a doctor in the 80s with an 80s computer. Yeah. <sighs> they know all about resurrection tables. <laughs> it's like third year medical school. Oh, it's just so funny. They put him on the table, and of course, in a flurry of animated lightning, he resurrects, and he stems out, and then who wanders in? Just literally pops in is that Dr. McNabigan. He's like, oh, hey, Rebecca. Oh. I thought you were dead. <laughs> <laughs> and he, but, but he feels great. Like, he's never felt so good. But he has no heartbeat. And then somehow he cuts himself and... Conveniently, yeah. No blood comes out, but there are, like, glitter sparkles? Like, what <laughs> like, the fuck? What is happening? He's like a lost boy now. He's got glittery blood or something in there. Oh, God. And, like, all of oh. these things are never answered. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> like, well, there's, especially there's, because... It, they get He, he gets, gets shot a bunch of so times. So many times. And there's always blood. Right. There's no glitter. The, the, the movie is inexplicable because not only is like he gets shot with a machine gun several times, but then and I'm jumping ahead. We can come back. But after he is shot multiple times with a machine gun, he has a scene, the brushing his hair scene where he is shirtless in front of a mirror. No wounds. Oh, you're right. I didn't catch that. <laughs> like the whole reason that he is in the bathroom brushing his hair is because he has been shot all to hell mm-hmm. and they tell him he needs to clean up and, and change his clothes but then he is just sexy as fuck standing in front of that mirror brushing his yeah. hair um oh, well after he gets resurrected they figure out he has no blood or he has he doesn't bleed or whatever everybody rebecca walks out back to the counter or whatever and then like a minute later rebecca runs back out and says roger you haven't heard the worst of it i'm dead rebecca how much worse can it get i've been scanning the lab report the resurrection process has an unfortunate side effect which is what progressive decay of reanimated tissue irreversible cell damage you've got 10 to 12 hours tops. And then what? All of the cells of your body will dissolve into a kind of organic stew. Which is so stupid. She is so smart. Yeah, how does she know that? Why intend like we actually see this happen to somebody else later? It's not yeah. yeah they like we don't they, need to be told. They, they slowly decompose for a little while and then instantaneously they melt into a pool of goo. What? Like that doesn't even yeah. Why do I care? I, I was gonna say it doesn't make any sense. Why do I care? It doesn't have to make any sense. No, it doesn't. But this goes back to what you were saying earlier: is the movie tells us way more than it needs to. It could show us a lot more. It could infer things. But everything we need to know come straight out of every character's mind. I get this one. They have to give it a timeline. They have to give it a time. It has to be urgent. This all has to be taken care of in the next 12 hours. But what a clunky way. You know, that's my point. Oh, it is. It is clunky. They they start immediately to kind of try to show that he's decomposing. And the way that they do that 
firstly is to just not put him in full makeup like yeah um to to just like put him in foundation so he's really washed out and then there's a whole gag where he has to go to like a convenience store to buy <laughs> Lips, lipstick, lipstick. <laughs> like like i don't remember like, like he cares a lot said. about how red his lips are of all the things you care about uh red red lips is and it's not important. even a thing like i thought you know this could actually be funny like maybe he's really gonna put on makeup and he'll look like mm-hmm. he's in ma- but no it's just a gag like they just pull over for a minute so he can run in and buy some merlot covered lipstick so he can have a really hard time putting it on because he's straight <laughs> well, well, how do women do this as he's <laughs> when, and then Joe Piscopo's like I don't know you look pretty good to me <laughs> and it's like like he like puts on like a gay, quote unquote gay affect and it's, it's not funny it's just dumb it's not funny it, it, it actually I it never thought it was, was honestly hilarious I, thought it was I thought it was hilarious like people are, get so sensitive about things but like just this that's why I'm saying like this is such a straight dude movie like oh it's such, such an a... 80s movie it's just dated that's oh, all we don't put that stuff in our movies anymore Craig. I know but I, like <laughs> honestly it wasn't mean spirited at no, all it was no, it, funny it was typical. I thought like... <laughs> oh, guy putting on makeup oh you must be gay <laughs> yeah don't oh, call God. me gay I yeah. right <laughs> no homo bro but that <laughs> but that they immediately go to Randy's house and I was like like, yeah, like, where the hell did she go? <laughs> she just disappeared. And she just like, oh, I'm sorry. I just got scared and left. Why don't you guys come in? And then she says. But but no, no, but she's fleeing. Like, they catch yeah. her just of as course. she's jumping into her car to, like, flee the country or so. I don't know. And so they're giving her a bad time. And she goes. Oh, I get it. You're the tough cop. And your partner here, he's the nice cop because he's not too scary with lipstick on. What? I don't know. Oh, my it's, God. It, it makes no sense. Joe Piscopo just, like, sees a random videotape on a table. He's like, hey, we should watch this video. Let's put this in the video. <laughs> <laughs> so they, really so they put it in, and it's Vincent Price. This was Vincent Price's last horror movie. I think he appeared somewhere else after this, but this was his last horror movie. And it's always just such a joy to see him. He's so Well, he old. was in Edward Scissorhands. If you, I mean, I don't know if you call that a horror movie. But, right, uh, right, right, right. And he's great in that movie, too. God, I love that movie. Mm. He's talking to her, Randy, like, and calling my princess, uh, I want you to know that I love you, or something. I don't know. It gets cut off because more machine gun zombies, <laughs> zombies uh, break attack. Zombies and there's a whole nother big deal. Roger is shot a whole bunch of times. Um, did you notice that Randy had artistically styled photographs of herself hanging in her apartment? <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> there was like a black and white of her, like her head like resting on a table and then like reflected underneath. Hilarious. Like a glamour shots uh, yes, photo? Yes, yes, yeah, totally. Hanging on awesome. her own wall. They So they electrocute one zombie like in a hot tub or something and, and they impale the other one and piss Piscopo's like looking off in the distance. And I don't know what's going on. And then, and then, and then Roger brushes his hair. Yeah. <laughs> and and then, then they go in. They learn. They learn about her father who died two weeks ago. And then they decide to enlist her help. They, they're looking for this chemical. They're looking for this chemical which had last been delivered in mass to a Chinese butcher in Chinatown. The minute she said it, I was like, oh my God, this movie is a parody of itself. Yeah, I did last deliver some sulfuric whatever acid to a guy named Thule in Chinatown. Yeah, of course it's Ch- it's always Chinatown. It's an 80s action movie. Chinatown's going to come into play. <laughs> and I was like, all right, cue all the racist stuff that we are going to laugh at. And sure enough, they walk into the... He's like, hey, I really want some chop suey. Uh, sorry, we really got a job. Oh, my to God. Yeah, but this place has got the best egg rolls in yeah. town. He recites a Chinese food menu. Like, oh. <laughs> we, could get some, we could get some egg foo young. You know, some egg rolls. I don't know. This is so, so exotic and funny. <laughs> Oh my god. And so they go in this like it's this disgusting 
butcher shop or something where there's just like corpses ever. It's disgusting. And um, there's this big fat Asian guy like chopping up stuff and they try to talk to him and he doesn't listen. And then the guy that they're looking for, Thule, is the old man from Gremlins, the old Asian yes. man from Gremlins. Mm-hmm. And this blew my mind because he's not an ancient old man. Like, <laughs> I just assumed that guy was really like an an ancient old guy, but he's not. I mean, he's he's Asian. Asians don't raisin, bud. <laughs> you can say that because you were married to an Asian person. Yeah, well, I have a lot of experience around Asians, and I think... If I were Asian, I would wear it as a badge of pride, and I'm insanely yeah, jealous. I yeah. couldn't say that. It would be racist, but you're allowed. It's okay. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's not racist. I think it's a compliment. <laughs> okay. It's true. Hey, basically, in China, if I see somebody and it looks like they're 24, I figure, all right, they're probably 16. I just subtract <laughs> 10 or more years from everybody. Yeah. But this guy... I mean, we might have talked about it before in the Gremlins thing, but he's been in movies since like oh, yeah. the 30s. Oh, yeah. For a while, every movie that needed an Asian guy in it basically had him in it. It was it's kind of kind of sad, but also the reality. Yeah. He also has a resurrection machine in his butcher shop, <laughs> which he turns on, and it brings all of the butchered animals to oh, life. Now, this, this is the most ridiculous. It's one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen. It's amazing <laughs> it's so well done it is so amazing at this this era with no uh cgi yeah everything is practical and first of all this is a nasty ass butcher shop it's a pretty racist butcher shop to be honest but it is filled with corpses of every animal you can think of yeah. not the least of which are ducks yeah hanging from hooks chopped off heads and pans like everything and everywhere. most of that i've seen before you know i've seen these reanimated butchered animals come to life before we we've seen it in movies that we've talked about when that bull came out of the freezer i was like you are kidding me oh it was the best (laughs) this scene was so balls out it must have taken him three weeks to film this it was so intense there's so much happening and there's like a duck head just like going back and forth in a pot, which he feels the need to shoot the head off of. I mean, there's there's gunfire. They're getting attacked by these corpses. And then, like you said, it's like the giant freezer door comes open and this giant bull corp, a uh, cow bull, whatever corpse comes walking out and starts to, to take headless, footless, oh, disemboweled, half butchered corpse. Like it would be hanging in the meat locker, ready to be cut up into pieces. It was awesome. It was so good. Funnily enough, it really didn't pose much of a threat. Like, no. Like it was so. It was so big. Well, what else? Then, what could it really it jumped, do? Yeah. It jumped on Joe Piscopo. It, it's a giant steak. Like, <laughs> what's it gonna do? Right. But anyway, they 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 shoot everything, and and Joe Piscopo says, "This little piggy's going to market." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is, but suddenly I've lost my appetite. Oh, for That's God's it. Sake. From this time, I'm a vegetarian. Roger shoots the resurrection machine, and they all die. And then they find a piece of paper with a list of names and dates, and they assume that it's the dates that people died because Vincent Price's name is on it or something. I don't know. Um, yeah. And then they sit down to like have a cup of coffee or something. I don't know. And, library and, research. Oh, library research. Right. right. But then all of a sudden, Roger is like, concerned about his mortality they're they're reading obituaries and he's like oh what would my obituary be uh beloved husband to no one father of none and like all he's like super depressed about it for a second and then just that moment passes this is what i meant when i said earlier look they were funny they were funny together they looked like they were having a good time but there's no real emotion there's no real no. emotional connection to or with anybody here or even between the characters they're all just talking over each other you know? i mean i enjoy the story and i enjoy laughing at it but it's a terrible script like oh yeah that was the other thing as, as i was uh watching it i was like did these actors read this script and get excited about it like like, like this is gonna be a good movie i feel like it's Number one, it's a little dated. Number two, I think it's bad in execution, honestly. I don't. Also, you're right. A lot of the writing is dumb. I also feel like it could have worked, maybe, with some better filmmaking and some better acting. 
choices? I don't know. I don't know what to say about it because ultimately I don't hate it. Like it was fun. Oh yeah, to watch. It's just it's it's bad. <laughs> well, the stupid stuff. At least it moves, right? It like does at least move. we're not wallowing along with him. His big pick me up line is, "You remember when we were in training? They always told us you can't be a good cop if you're a dead cop. Here's your chance to prove them wrong. You're good, and you're dead." Oh boy, I don't know. Then I I just have in my notes. I don't under I don't remember under what circumstances, but the two women in the movie meet and immediately hate each other. Like yeah. what? Like Why? they like they just happen <laughs> to be in the same room and the second they are together they are like glaring at each other and like <laughs> like they just hate each other. I have no well, idea what that was all about. Because this is a straight guys movie, you know. Only one woman can be on screen at the time; otherwise, they're catty to each other and insanely jealous. Well, right, and you know they're both they they're going to compete for Treat Williams, and whoever loses is going to have to go with Joe Piscopo. I mean, these are some <laughs> high stakes. High stakes. That's true. <laughs> but yeah. Then she, of course, uh, Rebecca has more information. She always knows something. And she tells him, hey, uh, I know of a special process that I found in Dante's files that they were working on to extend the resurrection period. Okay, the end. Then that never comes up again. Yeah, like, why would you even have to convince him? No, no, he, he's like, well, are you sure it'll work? And she's like, well, I'm not sure. And he's like, well, then f*** it. Like, <laughs> I'm not doing it. I've only got three or four hours left, and I have to make them count. Yeah, Oh. So they go to check out Laudermilk. That's Vincent Price. His name is Laudermilk. His grave. They go to check out his grave. I don't remember why. God, I don't remember any of this. But they go to check out his grave. The two men split up. Yeah. The girl, Randy, goes with Treat Williams, and they go to check out the grave. And... <laughs> Somehow he's like, oh, uh, I figured out that he wasn't really your dad because of evidence. And she's like, no, you're right. He wasn't really my dad. I met him in the hospital. He helped me. He helped me. And then like five minutes later, we find out that that was a lie, too. But yeah. um, they find some numbers why they find some numbers oh. written in blood inside a lampshade why oh. it doesn't it's so stupid like there is an explanation for it but even the explanation doesn't make any sense no it's like a it's like a point and click video game at this point yeah they go back to her apartment which is where they were supposed to meet Doug and they look around for a second until she finds him dead hung upside down in the fish tank. Yeah. Now, I there was part of me that kind of thought that he would probably die, but I also thought that, like... There'd be a moment. They would take him to the resurrection table. Right? Why didn't they do that? No, there's like, ah, oh, bummer, he's dead. And, like... They don't, they don't even call anybody. They just no. put a sheet over him and start moping around. Uh, again, <laughs> another terrible, terrible point of the script... He is, like, disgusting, like, waterlogged and bloated, and his skin is all discolored and gross. We see him again later when he is eventually resurrected, and he's fine. Like, yeah. <laughs> just normal Joe Piscopo. Yeah, same it doesn't smarmy face. make any But I couldn't believe it. And not only that, but then the movie kept going on. I'm like, wait. This isn't like the buddy cop movie anymore. Like he's really dead. It was just so sudden. I thought that was such a weird choice. There was no moment or anything like he's just gone. Usually in the buddy cop movies, there's like a tearful scene where the one partner dies or something like that. Now it's just like, oh, that's Doug. He's dead. He's dead. Oh, well, Treat Williams and the chickie go in the bathroom, and she's like, I was lying. I, I wasn't really his daughter. Um, the truth of the matter is, I'm dead, too. <laughs> and, and then, immediately upon that confession, she turns into a pool of mushy goo. Like, what? This was awesome, though. It I forgive great. the nonsensical aspect of it because the effects were great. And by the time she's down to a pill of mushy goo, her, her head rolls off across the floor. And as it's decomposing, it's still talking, talking. to him. <laughs> I'm sorry, Roger. Please forgive me. <laughs> oh, my God. <sighs> 
Oh, and then, you know, you talk about stupid. This is why, you know, I said point-and-click adventure games is like some missed shit or some... Yeah. You know, uh, so Roger goes to call Rebecca, and at, he gets an answering machine and leaves half a message before it beeps. And as he hangs up the phone, it occurs to him that the numbers on the die on the phone also correspond to letters. And so he thinks, oh, maybe that's what those numbers were. And he puts together B-O-D-Y, and that tells him that's it. He goes oh, back to the God. morgue and he confronts the doctor because the doctor had the license plate body doc. And that is what Vincent Price's character, for reasons I still don't understand, wrote in code on the inside of a lamp. You Why? Because they oh. were in on it together. Yes, that's the other thing. What is None he What is he leaving clues for? Like he's oh. leaving clues to lead to his partner in crime like it doesn't make any sense no oh boy but so they so he goes back to the morgue and he confronts McNabb and Thule the Asian guy and his zombie thugs show up and oh by the way they also killed Rebecca off screen right all of the main characters are dead now <laughs> yeah, and we didn't even get to see them die like I just, just so and, weird and they they lock him in uh, in an ambulance with Rebecca's corpse and he puts the ambulance in neutral so it rolls down the this hill. long ass hill. When he puts it in neutral, the sirens also come on. That was a feature of ambulances that I was unaware of. Uh, and then, uh, for some reason, if you got an ambulance rolling down the hill, people can't drive anymore. And <laughs> far ahead of the ambulance, suddenly chaos ensues and cars for no reason, are just, like, crashing into each other and spinning out of control. And and then he goes, Wah! And the ambulance crashes into a pileup of cars and explodes. explodes. Yeah, Huge explosion. I loved it. I mean, it's a great action scene. Um, then the crime scene, like, there's all kinds of cops around, and Roger z- uh, zips himself out of a body bag, and he's all burned up on one side. His amazing hair is all, like, spiked up. Like, he's, like, a badass now. Um, Todd, did he change his clothes? <laughs> <laughs> You're I right. am kind of sure that he's in a different outfit. <laughs> It doesn't even matter at this point, but you're no, right. No, he's a badass. It's like RoboCop now. Yeah, that's the joke. He's now badass, and everybody is stunned, and so the cop who's got a, a gun on him, he says, I'm a cop, too. He's like, wait, you're a cop? And he's like, yeah, and I'm going to need your gun, which then he gives to him, and they all just stand there with their jaws open as he hops on a police car like No, a motorcycle. A motorcycle. Yeah. A police motorcycle like a badass and flies down the street away from them. Uh, then there is a conference of old people mm-hmm. at Dante, which is that lab. Like they're sitting around the Death Star room. In the Death Star room, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so Body good. Doc, whoever that guy is, is like talking and he says something about lotter milk and he's like, you can ask him yourself. And Vincent Price walks out and he's alive. Oh, what a treat. It is. It's lovely. I just absolutely love Vincent Price, and he gives a whole long speech about how God wants the rich to live forever. So <laughs> the poor people can die, but God wants rich people to live forever. I, I don't know. Like, is this? Are they pitching this? To this conference of old people? I think so, because he's like, it's going to cost half your fortune, but you'll have the rest of your life to get You'll live forever, and you'll be able to gain it all back. And so I think he's just greedy. He wants their money i don't i don't know who cares it's all kind of nebulous it doesn't matter i can i will watch him you know i would watch this scene if it was was an hour long oh sure absolutely yeah yeah he could talk me to sleep every night (laughs) 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 but roger crashes in and shoots a bunch of the guards and this is the point where he stands five feet away from everyone shoots everybody cops he's a cop and he's just plowing cops down left and right. Everyone has an Uzi. It's like there's a guard sitting down reading a magazine and he looks up and suddenly he springs up and he's got an Uzi, but he guns him down first. And he's just shooting everyone in the hallway until, like you said, it gets to that one point where he and this other guy are like six feet away from each other and they're just unloading into each other. (laughs) It's hilarious. Right, okay, so then 
he he kills pretty much everybody in the Death Star room, yeah, except for he just starts shooting them. <laughs> except for McNab, I think is his name, and Laudermilk. The, these two, Doc Body Doc and and Vincent Price, they're they're not dead yet. Body Doc is like, hey, I got a surprise for you, and he pulls like a tarp off the table or whatever, and it's Doug. Looking great, <laughs> like nothing ever <laughs> happened, and he's alive. But the guy's like, "Yeah, uh, he's alive, but uh, he was brain dead for too long, so he's totally brainless." Kill that guy, will you? And Joe Piscopo, God bless him. Not, not, not an actor, really. I don't think. No, not like great. him playing brainless. Really, isn't there's not any difference from what he's playing <laughs> His, his smirk is a little less pronounced on the... On the <laughs> but movie. Roger, like, talks to him. He's like, hey, uh, we have the same death day. We could have death day parties together. And hey, uh, remember that time I put on lipstick? <laughs> <laughs> he literally says this. <laughs> and, and, like, Joe Piscopo smirks. He's like, oh, yeah, you did put on some lipstick. And then, then he's fine. <laughs> and he's back. It's classic movie. And he turns around and he looks at McNabb and he's like, welcome to zombie land. What? (laughs) (laughs) And and McNabb's like, "Uh, I'm not going to give you the satisfaction. And he shoots himself in the head. Oh, my God. (laughs) But then they, they, they put him on the resurrection table and bring him back to life. And then Treat Williams is like, hey, McNabb, you want to see what happens when you resurrect somebody twice? And he flips the switch, <laughs> and the guy blows up. Explodes. Apparently oh that's what God. happens if you resurrect somebody twice. They explode. Fantastic. Vincent Price, you know, from a corner, is like screaming at them, begging them to save the machine, um, promising, you know, you'll, you'll, uh, I can give you anything you want. I can give you wealth and success, and you can live forever. But they shoot up the machine. <sighs> And then they walk out of the room into light and fog. Yep. Like they're walking into heaven and like they're talking about reincarnation. It's like, yeah, I wonder if reincarnation uh, exists. And Doug's <laughs> like, well, if it does, I hope I come back as a woman's bicycle seat. <laughs> and then they walk into the light and that's the end. Oh, God. Oh, my God. There's even a Dead Heat theme rock song yes. that comes on after it. It's per- it, it's, it just checked all my boxes. The last line is that he wants to come come back as a woman's bicycle seat that encapsulate why this is the straightest movie i've ever seen i can just see a theater full of bros just (laughs) woman's bicycle seat (laughs) technically technically there's one line after that okay all right what is it they says this could be the end of a beautiful friendship oh right 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 like a it's not very clever they, they did this movie do well because I know that they sure. they talked about a sequel. Mm-hmm. Like uh, the guy, the, I don't know, producers or whoever talked to the writer about a sequel. He's like, "Well, all the characters are dead," and the producer was like, "Well, you've got a resurrection machine, make it work." <laughs> <laughs> Figure it out. <laughs> I mean, fair enough. Hilarious. A three point eight million, I suppose. Uh, dude, I. I thought almost all of the effects in this movie were great. I thought it was a highlight of the whole film. Yeah, yeah. Nick Benson, um, the guy who did the special, uh, was kind of one of the dudes in charge of special effects for The Blob and Nightmare on Elm Street 4 and Society did it. It's good. I love the effects. I love the over-the-top campiness of it. I mean, and they knew it was campy, and they just leaned into the camp hardcore. It's kind of got, to me, like a Big Trouble in Little China vibe to it. And I love that movie. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't disagree with you. Like, I, I, I've talked about how stupid it is, and it is stupid. Uh, I would still recommend it. Like, I think people should watch it it's funny like it's really funny <sighs> like in a you're laughing with it but also laughing at it yeah kind of way like it, it's not it, sophisticated no yeah. it's but but it's entertaining i was entertained mm-hmm. and and both of those guys like i i don't know you know treat williams i think was a very serious actor who went on to do you know serious well respected stuff I mean, oh he's, yeah he's He's no slouch. You know, Joe Piscopo, he's a funny guy. He's really kind of more of a 
character, like a persona than, than an actor, but that's fine. And it, it, it certainly does harken back. It's like a super, super goofy Lethal Weapon. Yeah. It's that same kind of buddy cop kind of deal and the same kind of vibe, and it works on the in the same kind of way. And you're right, the, the, the effects are great. The story's dumb, the writing's terrible, but I would still recommend it. If you, if you haven't seen it, you should see it once. Decide for yourself. I, yeah. As bad as it was, I thought it was hilarious, and I was excited to talk about it. <laughs> if we had had this on VHS when we were kids, we would have watched this over yeah, and over I and think over you're again, right. and, and we would probably be having a very different discussion right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? I think you're right. So, uh, yeah, I really liked it. Um, did you notice, by the way, there is an uncredited, apparently, Linnea Quigley role in here? No! She was a zombie go-go girl, and I... I don't want to go back and see where that was. Yeah, I don't remember a zombie go-go girl. But I also, I, I had looked at the cast list and I saw that Martha Quinn played a newswoman and I was like watching out for her and I missed it somehow. But like that was a blast from the past. <laughs> like mm-hmm. Martha Quinn from MTV News. Whatever. No, it's totally worth it. And it's, it's a guy, not just guys, people our age. If, if you're nostalgic for this era this this type of movie which you are absolutely right they don't make anymore Uh, you should definitely give it a shot it's 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 yeah it's it's goofy fun as goofy as it is it is really a showcase for honestly i think for treat williams's acting ability like he's head and shoulders above most of the cast in this movie he's just so charming like he's just one of those people there are people like that that are just they're magnetic, mm-hmm. and and he is that type of person, and and it's not. It, it certainly doesn't hurt that he's a very nice looking man, but he's just so charismatic. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I could you could just drown in his eyes and his smile, like, and and and, and, and not in a gross way. Like he, he's just, uh, he he just seems like such a cool guy, and I'm glad you know. When he passed, you mentioned doing this, and that's been a while. You know, we got caught up in some other things. Um, I'm glad that we eventually came back around to this because he was a cool guy, a very talented guy. And, uh, yeah, I'm glad to have had the opportunity to say some nice things about him. Absolutely. Same here. Well, thank you again for listening to another episode. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share with a friend. Find us online by Googling Two Guys in a Chainsaw Podcast and drop us a line anywhere we are. Let us know what you thought of this movie and any movies you'd like us to do in the future. Also, consider uh, joining our Patreon group. We have a pretty active little Patreon community behind the scenes. Uh, Patreon.com slash Chainsaw Podcast. It only takes five or ten bucks a month uh, to give you exclusive access to uh, mini-sodes that we do the ability to influence the movies that we do lots of just fun chatter we just actually we just have a good time chatting with our patrons um so please check it out patreon.com slash chainsaw podcast until next time i'm todd and i'm craig with two guys and a chainsaw